Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I am here with our patrons this week because it is the patron show for November 2021. Welcome, patrons. And I'm going to go through the list. We have three of our patrons this week. Joining us this time is Lil Green. Lil Green is back. Welcome, Lil Green. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Good to have you. I'm glad you're uh, wrapping up some of your photos. We talked a little about this uh, in the pre-show. You're wrapping up some work, getting ready for some vacation time. Joining us on the show this week. You ready for vacation? Oh, yes. I'm very ready. It's been a long time in planning. That's good. So, plus, it's the most happiest place in the world. <laughs> the happiest place in the world. Nuka-Cola. Yes. <laughs> Nuka World. Nuka World. There you go. Well, uh, you're you're coming to our version of Nuka World, which is yeah. Uh, I'm going down to Disney. Down to Disney. So, okay. dude, you're coming to my neck of the woods. I hope you enjoy it and have a fun time. I hope the weather's nice for you down here. Uh, chances are, it's going to be beautiful. You're going to have like highs in the 70s at the at the most. Oh, that's perfect. It's going to be being, like glorious. Being a ginger and so pale skinned, the sun and me do not mix. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> might still be bright out. You might actually still need to wear like sun lotion of some sort, but it's going to be nice and cool at least. Noted. without being like super cold so i think you're gonna enjoy it and then we also have eric joining us again eric well, welcome back how are, how are you doing fantastic actually well that's that's amazing that's great and um for the first time we have kit calavera joining us welcome back or we're not welcome back welcome for the first time uh, we were talking a, minute, a few minutes before so it feels like we've already met and we've been talking for a little bit but welcome to the show uh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I was here the whole time. No one has noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a secret. You've been like hiding in the secret corners of our Discord chat and Zoom yeah. meetings somehow. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I'm everywhere at this point. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for supporting uh, the show and for for joining us live. This is always exciting for me to meet new people and talk with you guys for these episodes. And this episode, we're continuing our what ifs because that's the theme that we've been doing lately. And I've got I've got kind of a doozy for you guys because. I've been dreaming up some of these episodes. And if you listen to last week's episode with my wife, we were coming up with some really silly ones, but I've got some, I've got some, what I think are really good mind bendy ones. And the one for this week that I wanted to bring you guys in on, because I think this is one that we can all chew on. It's any good. What if is something that can take you lots of different places. It starts to tip over some dominoes and then those dominoes tip over other dominoes and they can take you into some other really interesting directions as you start to play out things in your mind. And this one has to do with Fallout 4. And the premise here is what if the Institute was actually helping the Commonwealth? And let me expand on that a little bit. The Institute thinks they're helping the Commonwealth, right? But what if they were actually forthright and honest what if they weren't sneaking around or stealing things or replacing people what if there weren't all these rumors about synths replacing humans what if they weren't you know shooting people and stealing their babies you know like these kinds of things what if they were actually morally upstanding a good organization from the beginning and doing things in a very open and forward like above the ground kind of method in order to help the commonwealth how would that make things play out differently in fallout 4 so that's that's where we're starting here and of course with any good what if this can go in many different directions and it creates other what ifs right Mm -hmm. like well does that mean that this would happen or does that mean that this would happen so I'm going to let this kind of start and we're just going to see where this goes. So who would like to take this and, and run with it to begin with? Do any I guess you? I'll go first. Yeah, go for it, Lil. So the way I did a little thinking about it and I just think like it would be a completely different if we could go on by the game base, but also just like a different commonwealth mm-hmm. because like you have the technology to build an underground base that is pretty much totally futuristic and have the resources for a teleporter like you wouldn't have the glowing sea i feel like even like everything would be clean pristine again like it's just something that like there wouldn't be a fallout 4 in in my eyes because you wouldn't have any radiation you wouldn't you might not even have super mutants you might have raiders but like everything would be probably rebuilt because so you're thinking you like long term, like long term yeah. future that like they they would have taken their technology, distributed it, like put put it forward and cleaned everything up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about like the entire United States, but at least the area of the Commonwealth okay. definitely would have been like rebuilt and affected, but maybe like slowly creeping across the United States to rebuild. But it's just like also that resource drought that the game and the universe has. Is that still there and an issue? That's the only like, I think, stopping factor. Okay, well, let's let's take this step by step. So what is what is the first step in making that actually happen? What what are the like what are how do the dominoes fall? that create a 
better commonwealth where they can clean up the radiation, get rid of this super mutant problem. Like they, you're right. They have a lot of scientific ability. They have a lot of technology. They have a lot of knowledge. How, how did the, how, what are the steps that they take to make this actually happen? I think square one is just building basic infrastructure, just making sure people have places to live and like, you know, your your medical uh, treatment for anybody that needs it. Um, Running water, clean running water, Mm -hmm. stable electricity, and just the basics of society yet again. Mm -hmm. So So does that start with like getting in touch with um, like the, just the human, the cities? Yeah, it's just getting So Diamond City. They reach out to Diamond City and they say Diamond City. Let's just say they start out with Diamond City and they, you know, spruce that up to make it more of a like instead of like being ramshacked like apartments being like actually like a structure built off of the stadium and then just starting from there and just like going out in like the, our radius and like just redoing everything. Mm-hmm. So how so. does, so l- l- this is, this is great. This is a wonderful conversation. So how does that work when somebody comes in like a human, like TIE fighter in chat says human humanitarian efforts. So when somebody comes in with a lot more ability to do these things and they say, Hey, we want to step in and we want to just give you a lot of help. There are complications that come with that, right? Yes, there is. Cause it's also who gets it, how much, Mm-hmm. And also, who's in charge? Right. Because right. if it's the institute just giving everything, who's in charge of them? So, is the institute going to be in charge? Because they do have all the power, and they have all the technology and the resources, but do they still have that leadership, the good leadership? But I, I feel like the institute could just become like the new government, in a sense, if they're just willing to be like, okay, here's everything. Because then it's going to be like, you know, it's like uh, everyone else will be in debt, in a sense, right. if that do you makes think that, sense. Do you think that the, everybody would be willing to give up their freedom for the provided benefits? I mean, is this, in a sense, you almost have a a Rome situation. You in have You have a technologically advanced organization coming into a situation where people are in need of infrastructure they're in need of governance they're in need of technology this is like rome showing up and saying we're going to build you bathhouses and aqueducts and we're going to bring you uh a, a working economy and a military to help protect you but you're going to have to pay our taxes and you're gonna to have to follow our laws and you're it seems to me and, and this is an interesting idea right like it seems to yeah. me that you're going to have a lot of people who are going to go Yes. Yeah, life sucks pretty pretty much. I'm gonna yeah. If you're gonna bring some military in here, protect us from the super mutants, give us some clean water and some actual like working electricity, then yeah, I'm down with that. That I'll follow your laws. That sounds great. But you're also gonna have those people, and I mean, this is America, right? You're gonna have people who are gonna say, "Hell no, I'm gonna make it on my own. I'm not following your laws. I want the freedom to do what I want to do, and I'm just gonna make it on my own. Screw you guys." And there's no easy way, at least in my mind, to solve that divide because you're always going to have some people who are fall on one side of that and some people who fall on the other. Um, so does that in the long term create a divide between these two groups that in some ways creates more friction? Do you think that's solvable? I mean- 
I feel like, yes, that's always going to happen. There's always going to be some sort of power struggle or even a power vacuum and so much as wanting to be in charge. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if, like, if we're saying the Institute is just, like, 100, 100% for the people, like, there's no reason for people to be against them. Yes, at first, because they're going to be like, oh, who, who are you to take over my land, my building, whatever, uh, like, peace, wherever you're living, mm-hmm. and, like, tell me to follow suit. But, like, if there's no downsides to it, you're getting the protection. You're, yes, you might be having to pay some sort of tax in a day and age that, you know, is using caps. Sure. But, like, sure. it's, it's just, like, what is the... What is the negative of it? Right. And if if we're saying you know institute good, what, I don't see a negative in it. Right. Well, you're because, being 100 percent rational here, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being rational. <laughs> you're being 100 percent rational. Situa- situation right. and where there are a lot of emotional, a lot of people are going to be very emotional about this. Um, so. Let's open this up to the, the other guys. Eric, uh, Kit, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you think that this would actually work, or do you think that there would be some some struggles here? Like, how do you bring everybody on board with this kind of idea? I was thinking that there would be a mistrustful element amongst the populace because even if people bring positive changes, there's always someone going, what's the catch? And kind of, I mean, we see people doing that nowadays too. Yeah. Like this seems too easy. What do they really, what's their goal here? What, what do they really want from us? They would be able to, set up better defenses, but there would also be the threats of external conflicts coming from outside, such as exterior sources of super mutants or when the brotherhood shows up, because that would be a conflict. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's, let's open it up to that. So let's say we have a scenario where the Institute comes in and they get, they get a majority. uh, Let's say they, they even do it democratically. Let's say they show up and they say, Hey guys, we're here to help out. We've we've been working on our own for a long time. We've solved some of the issues that we know are out here in the world. And we've been doing this in a way that we want to bring about help to the to the Commonwealth. We have some technological advances we want to share with you guys. Here's here are our terms. And they say, well, we need to think about it. and they say, well, tell you what, why don't you guys vote on it? You as a community vote. Here are our terms. This is what we want, but this is the help that we will give you. And whatever those terms are, the community votes on it and a majority says, no, we're down with it. We're, we're cool with it. We want to work with you. We'll go by your terms. Right. And let's just take it that far. And so the community says, OK, we'll work with you. The Institute comes in. They send in their scientists, their engineers. They they bring in some some of their military, some of their synths to help guard the borders. They, they bring in some infrastructure. They start cleaning up the water. They start you know, building up the, uh, and, and so now you have, let's just go with diamond city. You have a diamond city that's now cleaned up and is technologically more advanced and in comes the brotherhood and they fly over diamond city and they see a technologically advanced diamond city. What does the brotherhood think? Mine. Right. Yeah. Cause the brotherhood yeah. thinks, who are these guys? They don't know what they're doing with that technology. We're the ones who should be guarding this technology for the future. And all of a sudden now you have another power struggle on your hands. What happens then? Kid, what do you think? What do you think would happen here? Start placing bets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, start placing bets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, 
Yeah, Brotherhood's all about, you know, taking technology away from, like, the common man and the wasteland and all. Especially with, you know, with Max. He's a little bit power-hungry. I don't know the right word for that. Yeah, no, that's something that, along the lines. That sounds yeah. yeah. He seems a little more aggressive towards, you know, the wasteland more than anything else. But once they see, you know, Diamond City becoming more technologically advanced... They'll probably send in, send in the troops and say, you know, hey, what's going on and all that. Probably trying to see uh, who's in charge, who brought in all this technology and all that. Yeah. And then you have the element of the synths. Once the Brotherhood finds out that oh, yeah. a lot of the security and individuals who are potentially working the, the, the farmlands and the security on you know around diamond city are synths aren't actually even real humans the brotherhood mm -hmm. under maxon in that situation isn't going to be fans of that either no i could just see the uh, you know lasers and bullets flying once they figure that out because as maxon said they're kind of abominations towards the human race right right and then you have another situation with the um, railroad too once they figure that out yeah, so and let's say, yeah, let's say um, if they have like Gen 3 synths and now now they're trying to, you know, trying to help them out thinking, you know, slavery is wrong and all that. Yeah. So that's the other thing is even if they even if the Institute isn't necessarily replacing people in the Commonwealth the way that they were in, in Fallout 4, that still doesn't mean right. that they don't have um AI among them that are emergent AI that that find themselves to be persons and people among you know of, of their own volition people who are self-aware and are coming to their own sense of self and want to be freed of the situation they're in who feel like they're in bondage who feel like they they should be able to make their own decisions and don't want to be enslaved anymore that's a big theme in Fallout 4 are these synths who feel like they're actually individuals and that's where the railroad comes in so now you have a diamond city that's almost wholly dependent on the technology of the institute and then you also have gen 3 synths who were designed by the institute who still have this issue with wanting to be free from the bondage of the institute so you still have an issue with the railroad yeah, you have like two groups trying to take down the Institute, you know, one for technology and the other one trying to, you know, quote unquote, free these synths. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So TIE Fighter in chat yeah. says, uh, if the Institute is above board, they would confront that issue. No, that's a good question. Do you think that an above board Institute, some an Institute run by a, a morally, uh, a, a leadership that's more likely trying to be morally upstanding, would actually address this as a, a legitimate issue like for example their their lead engineers and scientists come to whoever the leader of the institute is in this situation and they go we've we found some anomalies among the ai that claim that they are now self-aware and they want to be let, let go they want to be freed and what would you have us do do you think they would set up some tests some um the ability to try to determine if these are actually self-aware that they've they've designed technology that is so far advanced that they've now created AI that are almost indistinguishable from human intelligence. I. Mm, 
I seriously think the synths might be a different situation just because they're not trying to infiltrate anymore. Yes, I don't deny they would use the, the synths in general, but maybe they'll make them very distinguishable between, you know, a human and a synth so that, you know, it's not uh, something that's very confusing. And maybe, like, say, going back to, like, oh. um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, I can't think of the name. I uh, like iRobot. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have like the brand new ones that look very much like a human, and then you have the previous generation that looks human-like, just so you can kind of like associate with it, mm-hmm. but can still do all the tasks that you need. So, like, have that AI, but differentiate them from a human enough so that you can be like, oh yeah, that's not a human. Yes, they might have AI, but it's controlled in some way. So, like, yeah, you can send them off to a farm, do all the farming, and then come back, and then it's just there's no sentience and is that i don't know if that's the best way to put it but there's sure. no sentience to them saying like hey this could be a person no it's not it's a robot do you think that the the differentiation of their outward appearance would keep them from developing sentience i don't think it would stop it but it would make they would give people like humans a distinction of it it's like yes you might be able to like form feelings memories and all this other stuff but like it's just it's all code it's all you know you know it's just manufactured and like and by computers by you know it's just it's not true it's it's like it's just a way to differentiate like hey a human from a synth so Mm-hmm. It's it would just, help the human side of the equation yes more, right? and when it comes to the the railroad i don't think they need to be a thing because the synths are not being used as tools as a bad thing honestly it, it, they wouldn't be in this in this situation they wouldn't be used as a tool to infiltrate people or like need to be taken away from uh like the institute itself right right so and going back to the brotherhood they just become the enemy they just honestly that's you, you it. think that they just they have become, no no justification in this they have situation? no justification like you see an organization trying to rebuild a destroyed country you're going to come in and say no that's ours no you're a dictator yeah right right you don't have the right that's, to do that you in don't situation. You, like it's just like right. why are you taking away something that's start like changing and making the world better just because you think we can't handle it no we're handling it fi- they, they could be handling it fine enough to be running and sustaining life but no that no you just become a dictator and you're just cre- uh, creating more issues right especially in this situation with the institute having designed their own technology this exactly. wasn't this wasn't pre-war technology that the um diamond city found and repurposed which is typically the brotherhood's mantra this is technology that was developed over 200 years by the institute and mm-hmm. they're the people who know how to use it so in that situation i think you're right the brotherhood has no say over this technology it is a very different kind of thing so I, th- I think you're very right about that. Um, back going back to the AI AI thing, I think it's an interesting topic. We actually just talked about a very similar topic on the Cyberpunk Lorecast because one of the things we're doing on that show is we're going through Cyberpunk a list of Cyberpunk movies with our patrons, and we just discussed Ghost in the Shell, the original 1995 anime. Have you guys uh-huh. seen Have you seen that movie? I have not. So one of the concepts in this movie is that there is an AI that. D- develop sentience or it claims to have developed sentience and it did so 
on the internet. It didn't do so with a body. It was code that emerged in in the net and it calls itself the taskmaster and it did so without a body and it was looking for a body to merge with in order to continue to evolve itself and in a similar way you could have sentient ai from the institute evolve even without the body and or or with a a body that doesn't that still looks like a gen one synth but yet the mind of of that ai is sentient and so from the human perspective it doesn't necessarily feel like a person but from the ai's perspective it thinks it's a person i think that's kind of what i was trying to touch on with my explanation of it but like yeah like looks not human but everything else that goes on if it does that you know if it's able to form feelings attachments memories everything that comes with being you know like a human i think that still can be possible Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it, it would still be a very distinct distinction between the two. Right. So, right. Well, here, I want to give I want to give uh, Eric and, and Kit uh, a chance to chime in here, too. But yeah, <laughs> yes, yes I, I, absolutely. And that's that's why I wanted to touch on that, because I think that's what, kind of where you're going with it. Um, Eric, Kit, do you guys have any thoughts on any of this stuff we touch on here? Either one of you. I was thinking that they would if they were going with the morally upright thing as they devote to sentience, they would probably just have them choose what they felt like doing. Allow them I mean, choice. If, if yeah. it's a thinking machine that can make its own decisions, it would develop preferences. Right. Right. So if it said, well, I want to choose, okay, well, what's your choice? Well, I'm happy staying here working then you can stay here and work great or i want to leave and pick my own destiny well then i mean okay some would theoretically choose to defend the region just because of the fact that it may decide there's a justification for service towards others right and uh, i think this is also an interesting thing too um one of the concepts with ai and the development of ai is that oftentimes if given the choice, one of the theories is things will choose naturally the things that they already know how to do, the things that they were designed to do, because those things will be most comfortable. So an AI that has been already taught how to say farm, if given the choice, will probably end up choosing still to farm because that's what it knows. It may just want to be able to choose that rather than to be able to have to be told to do it. And there may be a distinction simply in being given the freedom of choice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's it's the difference between like, um, I mean, how many of us have gone on to further education, whether that's college or trade skills or those kinds of things. But (laughs) there's a there's a big difference between being in high school and being told, well, you have to go to school, you have to go to class and being like, oh, I don't want to go to school. But then when you get to a point in your life where you're like, well, no, this is the thing I want to do. And then you end up working towards it and paying for it. And then you look forward to doing it. There's like simply because you made the choice, all of a sudden you actually like it and you want to go do it. But it's still learning. Mm -hmm. It's still education. (laughs) But simply because you made the choice, you want to go do it. It's, it's, it's that little switch in your head that just gets flipped. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I follow along with that. 
So some thoughts there. Yeah. Kit, Kit, do you have any thoughts on any of this? Mm, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, just letting the sense choose their own path, you know, like, what was it? Like Paladin Dance. Well, okay, well, spoilers first on an old game. Sure. Paladin sure. Dance went. It is a lore cast. When it became. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people still get mad, but anyways. Yeah. Became, you know, one with the Brotherhood. Then you have Magnolia, who's like a singer and now, you know, the eye candy of um, the third, third rail. And then you meet a raider called Gabriel who got, you know, who met up with, met up with the, um, with the, uh, rail, what was it? Railroad? Uh, yeah. Railroad and then became a raider. Yeah. Basically like different, different walks of life, you know, one of them became a soldier. One of them became a singer. Then one of them, one of them also became a, um, a raider so it's it's all really like just let them choose what they want to do with their freedom regardless if it's like uh, gonna be a negative or a positive outcome because no one is out there to choose you know who you're gonna be at all mm -hmm. yeah yeah i have to wonder how um the citizens of diamond city would feel about that because they are distinct from the institute in this situation hmm. you know how do they feel when they're farmers in there uh, the soldiers guarding their walls decide that they want to get up and do something different. Mm. That that is actually a good question. I think that is where an issue between citizens and the institute, or even just the institute in general, will surface. Because would the institute want their resources just to be like, "Hey, I don't want to be a part of this city. I want to go." Yeah. I don't think they'd be very willing to be like, oh, yeah, sure, you could go leave and, like, you know, like, leave us with less manpower or, or, and just, just be, be like willing to give up whatever it makes, takes to make a synth. So, yeah, and the cost I, of it. I mean, each synth yeah. individually probably costs the equivalent of millions of dollars. Yeah. So, and uh, it's just one of those things of like, I feel like, if since or if it, like you know like the sense might still have some aspect of control from or like the, the institute will have some aspect of control over the sense because they it's just one of it's i feel like they'd they be more of a tool honestly so that yes they might be able to interact with humans but like they still have that little bit of control because it's like why would you want to give something the choice to leave right Right. So, yeah. I, so maybe if, if when we really look at it, maybe synths won't be synths. They might just be straight up very advanced robots. Or maybe, yeah, maybe they de design the technology to limit the development of the AI to roadblock yes. it at a certain point where it stops developing. Yeah. So I guess that's one way to look at it because, like, there's because if the way it seems like the synths in Foil of Four as as they are now they're meant as weapons of war in a sense because like they're way they know how to infiltrate they know how to like they have tactics they have everything that they need yeah. but they still have no they have a goal and like they were they're told that goal so but then you get like the um, you know uh valentine and then you have paladin dance and everybody you know like the people that are meant to be like humans but like they don't know it's just like it's it's just a line of like i don't think they need that if they're being above board right right well it, and it, um 
TIE Fire asked the question, ethics, are we still not assuming they're good guys? And the you don't have to raise the question of are you making an ethical distinction if you don't develop the technology to the point where since become sentient to begin with like i'm not developing the technology so that my toaster develops a sense of self there's no ethical d- dilemma there right you have the new vegas toaster right yeah like <laughs> like my computer i'm sitting at right now is not developing a sense of self i'm not actively programming it in a way where, where it will right there's no dilemma in the fact that i'm not actively developing it in, in a way that it will Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm choosing not to is not an ethical dilemma. They could simply choose not to, right? So that could be that that, that they could still be above board. They could still be yeah. just choose to develop robotics that do a process, just like manufacturing a car or yeah. cupcakes, you know, like whatever, uh, and and just have robot advanced robotics that do a thing, just like a you know a Protectron or a Mr. Less- Handy. Less, less killing assault chance. <laughs> right, right. And and just go with that without actually yeah. developing synths. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point. Uh, that's a cool way of looking at it. Well, guys, uh, we need to take a break and thank you guys, our patrons. And before we get to that break, I want you thinking about the next question that we're going to come to. Because at the beginning of Fallout 4, there is a dilemma. There is something that happens that is initiated by the institute and of course spoilers but of course it's also a lore cast there there is a murder that happens the murder of your spouse and the kidnapping of your child and all of this is initiated by the institute so how would that change in this scenario and how would that change what the main character does what your character does in the game if this scenario were to play out. So I want you thinking about that, and we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park All right, this is the part of the show where I get to thank our patrons. So these guys and everyone else who takes the time and the finances to support the show. Thank you so much to all of you guys. This is what helps make this a full-time dream career for me, and I really do appreciate it. And also, thank you to Kit Calavera, who's on the show right now, for being our new patron. Welcome aboard. 
Thanks for being here. And um, thank you to all of our patrons, all of especially our Liberty Pie Man. Pie Man, I was hoping was going to make it to the show tonight. It looks like things got a little bit busy for you, uh, but you might still pop in. Sometimes you join us by the end of the show. And also to Southern Rage and Stagger and Stumble, our Sentry Bots, and all of our 54 patrons, thank you for being here. You guys are amazing. And as always, if we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your workout, your drive to work, or picking out the perfect Christmas tree. Because if you're listening to, you know, a podcast while you pick out your perfect Christmas tree, and we went Christmas tree shopping just a few days ago, we found a Christmas tree that fits right next to our TV in our living room. And I was convinced that my wife had like this crazy idea that she was going to fit one in there and it was going to be too big. And then we found a skinny tree and it's like a five foot tall skinny tree and it fits. And so I had to eat crow. I was like, okay, that one will fit. We'll get it. We'll get one. We'll stick it right there and it'll be fine. And then we got a little one put it on the table also. So we got two Christmas trees this year. <laughs> the tall skinny one. Well, kind of sort of tall skinny one. Anyway, but if, if, if you listen to podcasts while picking out Christmas trees or whatever you're doing for the holiday season, then go to patreon.com slash fall lorecast. Check out all the different tiers. And man, there's all sorts of fun stuff in there. You can get T-shirts. You can join us on future episodes of the show. Or you could just simply get ad free episodes and help support the show. And I would really appreciate it. And so thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. And we don't have any new reviews or anything like that to read out today. But if you also want to help us out sharing this podcast with a friend, or spending the time to go to Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review would help a ton because people read those and it lets them know what's what the show is all about. Especially if you're somebody who's who's still listening, like almost 200 episodes in, because we're getting really close to almost 200 episodes. Um, because we got a lot of people leaving reviews on the early episodes, but if you're still listening and one of our current listeners and want to let people know, hey, the show's still good, that would be really helpful. So. You know, taking the time to do that would be really, really appreciated. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we got going on. So thank you to all of our patrons. Let's get back to the rest of the show. Here we go. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, guys. So the beginning of the game, you get your kid taken away and your spouse killed. But what if what if that didn't happen? Or would it happen, but in a different way or by somebody else? Like, what do, you, what do you think would happen here? Personally, I don't think it'd be an issue. But um, I kind of like, I'm just looking at the, the chat, TIE Fighter. Mm-hmm. I kind of do like the way, that, you know, just as a story, I like how that is. But like, if we're just saying like, you know, the Institute in general is just like above board from square one. I don't think the killing or the stealing of your son and or and the killing of your spouse is going to be an issue because like I like <clears throat> there's no need to get, break into the the vault and take them. So actually, you as a character might not even see the Commonwealth unless someone breaks in and just releases you properly. That's the other thing, right? So. That's my look at on it is just like it's either you your character just doesn't get released and the vault just stays everyone stays cryogenically frozen until the vault just kind of falls apart naturally. Do you think that you just w- wouldn't have ever been unfrozen? I don't think so. Well, because like there's there wouldn't be a reason to find leadership. Mm-hmm. 
so unless the institute knew about it, it was like okay maybe we should you know release these people they've been frozen for you know how long yeah. so it's more of an ethical thing of releasing you instead of like hey we need to find leadership which is kind of a weird place to find it in my eyes but right. still well they were looking for they were looking for somebody someone, who had pre-war genetics like somebody who who wasn't post-war like somebody irradiated right non-irradiated is what they were looking for right so what if they were still looking for somebody who was non-irradiated they go into the vault and they wake you up and your family comes out but they don't murder anybody they don't steal anybody but but you wake up welcomed right you wake up there's a squad from the institute that wakes you up you you get uncryogenically frozen you're like oh you're waking up from you know you're going through the whole cryogenic like wake up thing where you're like oh my god i feel like i've been asleep for 200 years because you freaking have and (laughs) and there there's a group of the institute right there and they're like uh hello we're from the future (laughs) we we need your genes come with us where does it go from there oh yeah well also we need specifically your child more than you guys but yeah (laughs) i mean i it's it's just one of those i just feel like it would be yeah pretty much everything fine it's just like hey like we need we need your genetics we need someone that's untainted by radiation we need your son but you can come back and you know like live in pretty much creature comforts past like that's even past of like what your previous life was okay so so let's pause it here let's pause it here how would each of you respond to this like you yourself in this situation you wake up 200 years into the future the cryogenic stuff is like opens up and the only people who come out from it is you and your your spouse and your your child so for some reason the rest of the vault has has doesn't work right it's malfunctioned like your your chambers are the only ones that worked right you come out some scientists are there and they're like hey we unfroze you you're lucky we did because nobody else even remembered that you were here also we have an agenda (laughs) right otherwise you would have been stuck here forever yeah and we specifically need your child because you guys are pre-war it's 200 years in the future so uh Please come with us. I mean, what would you do? Oh, oh, and by the way, it's still a hellscape out here. There's lots of radiation. There's gigantic mutant mutant monsters, including super mutants and death claws. Uh, The Brotherhood's trying to kill us and steal our technology. And um, everyone's living basically in squalor. But we're trying to fix that because we're the good guys. You can trust us. Believe me, you can trust us. I mean, I would go hesitantly being like, hey, I just woke up after a 200 year slumber. I'm going to have to take you at your word. But also, it's just, and it's, so it's just like, I, I'd have to go because like, what, like I'm in, this, in a weird situation. Uh, and like, then they're like, OK, here, step over here. We're going to teleport you to our secret base. <laughs> there you go. I just like, I mean, it's just like seeing teleportation. I'm like, hmm, they might be telling the truth because <laughs> what it's like. Yeah, two hundred years in the future, like two years that that long ago, was like we didn't have teleportation. Uh-huh. So, so you just... would be cool with it. You would be like, you look at you look at your wife, right, and your child, and you you'd be like, cool. What's the what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> because like it also they say is like, hey, there's also a wasteland. 
um, that you'd have to contend with if you don't come with us. Uh -huh. So you'd be you wouldn't be like, well, let me just go peek outside, see what's going on out here. So I'd be like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with you, and then show me later. <laughs> okay, so you'd you'd be on board with them. You'd be like, okay, let let me go with. Okay, so let's let's move on to Eric. Eric, what would you do in this situation? I hate to say I'd be on board with it too. I'd want to play with the future tech and tinker around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and and remember, you don't know anything about Fallout in this scenario. You don't know anything about the post-apocalyptic world. All you know is you watched a bomb go off as you descended into a vault. And in your mind, the world above is just it's just blown apart. And you just got, last thing you remember is you got frozen and you come out and there's these people standing here telling you these crazy stories about a world 200 years in the future. And so and, and, and I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just painting the picture. And you would just uh, say, I yeah, yeah. Still, show me show me your magical teleportation land. I would still end up having going with them simply because of the fact that nuclear bomb went off likelihood of people surviving is not all that high these people are clearly healthy uh -huh. so they're doing something correct and they weren't dirty so they're not surviving hard yeah yeah they would look pretty clean because they would have gotten well relatively clean i would assume yeah okay so you would say yes take me to your leader <laughs> Basically. No, i also would then be going through everything i could for information because i would want to know where I stand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get where I could make informed decisions. That makes sense. Okay. Kid, what do you think? What would you do? Well, I mean, <laughs> you've been frozen for like 200 years and like all of a sudden you got like these sketchy looking people telling you like, Hey, you know, you kind of need your child for genetics and all that. And plus uh, the world has gone to crap and I'll probably just tell them like, maybe give me a minute. Give me a minute or two just to uh, just to think what's going on here. And, you know, after they tell me what's going on and all that, I'll probably tell them, you know, hey, prove it to me. You know, prove me that you're not going to backstab me or do some weird testing on me or my family. And if they just zap me back to their base, I'm like, eh, OK, I'll trust you for, for now, at least. Uh -huh. What could they do to prove to you that they are trustworthy? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess, like, um, show me what their whole plan is. I mean, like, clearly, like, um, they're much cleaner than the rest of the um, <laughs> wastelanders out there. So, so would you have them take that. you around yeah. and like show you some some locations? Uh, more, more or less, like their base of operations, like telling me, like, you know, this this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Um, we kind of we kind of need your child for this. And if they tell me it's like, not, not painful or anything, I'll just say, all right, here you go. <laughs> How do you have them prove to you what year it is? Like, because for, mm. for all, you know, you could have just been frozen for a year and these people are from some weird faction and they've, you know, maybe they have some advanced technology you've never heard of. You know, maybe they're the Chinese playing some military trick on you with some, oh stealth technology like you, well, you yeah, don't know right right like how do you how do you have them prove to you that it's, it's actually 200 years in the future i mean show me a copy of the elder scrolls 6 i guess <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's it <laughs> here you go buddy here's the sixth installment and i'll be like all right i believe you no uh, <laughs> i mean 
I think teleportation is already enough. It's like, I mean, assuming there wasn't a teleportation back before the bombs dropped. But, but you may not have known that there was. Maybe there was, and you just didn't know it. You know? Well, like, yeah, that's true. You, like know, you didn't know all the technology that was there. Yeah. There was secretive government stuff. I mean, you, technically, if you were the male character, you served in the military. You probably right, came across right. some technology in the military you didn't know existed until you served. You know, there. who knows? I mean, if they just show me a death claw, it's like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> this didn't exist point. before I got in the vault. <laughs> no, it does not exist. I don't remember seeing like a dinosaur outside of my lawn before, but yeah, or even yeah. <laughs> or even a super mutant. It's like, okay, we have we have the we have the Hulk, and then we have a dinosaur in the future. Uh-huh. I, I call me crazy, but I at that point I was just like, all right, I, I believe you. This is two hundred years later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking if if they were to like take me through Boston and show me some historic locations that look like they've been weathered for 200 years and the cityscape and how much has changed over 200 years with like the the buildings falling apart and people rebuilding on top of rebuilt like multiple layers of things that would give me a sense of age. And maybe I mean, I may not know 200 years has passed, but you can definitely tell like. Uh, if you've traveled at all, you can kind of tell when like something's been around for 100, 200 years. It looks pretty, pretty old. Mm. Right. Like old buildings, old structures. So to go to a, a historic location that you knew what it looked like, something you were familiar with, having lived in the Boston area and then see it again and be like, OK, yeah, this definitely has weathered considerably compared to the last time I was here. This has been much more yeah. than a year since, you know, I've been to this location. I think that might give me a sense of, of time passing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially maybe if someone is confused, uh, baseball for a gladiatorial, like yeah. death fight or something. Yeah. The conversation with, with people, um, yeah. the way they use language, that could even be a thing. Oh yeah. Honestly, the best way to, to solve this, talk to a ghoul. Yes. Find a ghoul, talk to a ghoul. Yeah. So, because then they, if as they'd be able to tell you, like, yeah, it's been that long. So, and also <laughs> just looking true. at looking at them, it's just like there's no way someone could would put themselves through this to like prove a situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, you're kind of right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an well, interesting dilemma. Okay, so let's take this another step further. The institute has convinced you. They seem to have, they seem to be above board, right? They're, they're pretty legit. They, they're going to treat your family well. They want to use, you know, the data that they've collected, the genetics and things from, from your family, specifically your child, uh, for, for good reasons, for whatever their, their scientific goals are to help better the wasteland and and help people survive, including your family. And then what do you do? You're you are allowed to go about your lives. You don't necessarily have this like agenda the way you do in at the beginning of Fallout 4, you know, find your son, deal with the situation that you're presented with in the same way, right? You just have this like deal with the world situation. And in this scenario, like this is your choice. This is like, this is Lil Green's choice. This is Eric's choice. This is Kit's choice. Like, where do you go from this point on? 
Hmm. Just hunkered down at that point. You just build a family, like build a life for yourselves. Like we you build a family. You have a family, but you build like a, a home. Yeah, yeah just re- reset again. Just you know, <laughs> two hundred years later, it's like okay, I lost basically everything yeah. except for the family. Do you, do you, you start, well start farming? From do you like? Do you fall back on your military background because that's the, the character that you are in in the game? Do you do you start working for the institute? Do you start? You know, like, what do you think you you guys would do specifically? Hmm. I would want help with the rebuilding. You'd start working with the rebuilding. You'd probably go to Diamond City and get your hands dirty, that kind of thing. Yeah, I've done contracting work off and on for years and like welding metal structures together is fun. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so you you'd you'd start in with that. You'd. You'd use the technology in your in your knowledge to do the re- work with the rebuilding effort. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, okay. What about Kit? What do you think? Mm, trying to think here because I don't have much skills, but we'll just say that you, you could know, learn something. Like you, you, yeah. the, the world is open to you. you. The institute has a wealth of knowledge. The Commonwealth has a wealth of knowledge about how to survive in this situation. You could mentor underneath somebody and and start learning a new path. I guess you're right. Uh, oh, God. Um, also, I guess the Brotherhood re- is trying to steal all your stuff. The Railroad might be yeah. might be trying to free the synths if there's synths around. There's super mutants trying yeah. to shoot everybody and raiders out there. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that need doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, at that, at that point, I would just be a guard then if I need to defend, you know, the settlement. You just give me a railway rifle and just tell me who to point it at and I'll be set for... <laughs> Yeah, until I take a bullet. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a that's a real need. There would definitely be a need for people to oh, do yeah. that. How how do you feel you would stand up to say a wandering band of super mutants? Like when you if you saw a twelve foot tall super mutant running at the front gate, going, "Let me in." Me, me take all your Brahmin meat. Hungry. You know, like, how how would you feel about that with your railway rifle? Do you think you'd be able to be like, I got this? Or would you be like, you know, dropping a deuce in your pants? Like, which one of those? Where Where on the spectrum would you be? I think in that specific situation, if it's the first time, I'd be like, what the heck? And then, you know. <laughs> Be able to like be like, okay, this is some sort of threat. Say like I'm out wandering, exploring the wasteland, and that was to happen. Yeah, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> because uh, like I don't have like that barrier of the fence. It's like okay, he, he has something to get through before he gets to me, and mm-hmm. I have you know I'm I'm armed. No matter what, like if I'm don't have that gate, even if I'm armed with like the strongest weapon you could give me mm, i'm gonna crap my pants yeah that dude bouncing pounding on the date gate is gonna <laughs> shake the entire wall like you're gonna feel it yeah but you know if i'm at diamond city there's more than just me there mm-hmm. so yeah the other like, guards oh, on the I wall are all are all gonna start shooting at him too absolutely yeah they're, just, yeah. yeah they're just gonna sigh and you know like take the pot shots you need to to take them down but then it'd be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I those have guys someone there to be like, this is a thing head. you have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, aim for the head. Try to keep them from actually reaching the wall. <laughs> and if you see one with a growing, glowing red light, 
kill him first. Yeah, kill him first. <laughs> yeah. Kit, what do you think? How do you, how would you respond? I guess I would have to bite the bullet there. Just, you know, point and shoot. Like, um, like how Green mentioned, there's more than me. There's more guards out there. <laughs> just, just point the gun at the um, guy that's glowing and you'll be fine. But that will change once the Brotherhood starts knocking, you know? If they yeah. want to invade it right after, you know, at that point, I'll just, I'll just, you know, turn around and just say, oh, well, they won. Yeah, they that's won. a lot, a lot smarter of a threat. <laughs> that's a oh, lot yeah, more coordinated. More smarter than a bunch of like, you know, muscle and no brain compared to like ironclad soldiers. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. Lil, what do you think? Where would you go? I think I'd stick to my laurels as a military person and either do defense or try and maybe like expand the borders a little bit. Be like, all right, going around to like the, the other smaller settlements and be like, hey, we're this organization. We're trying to rebuild. Do you want to join us? And then, but so just trying to spread the message and be on board defensive and protection side of things i guess because like it's something i already know how to do i don't want to learn how to do something else so why not do what i'm good at interesting you know as a photographer you could probably still do some of that i wonder would you would you document things visually oh yeah i mean all right if i'm doing my if it was me personally yes i would probably say like hey is there any way i could use my skills as a photographer because like there's a lot you could like documents and like keep track of and just be and just try and use it as a visual tool to be like this is what we're doing yeah and like just because like you know like it's a lot of people in the wasteland are probably uneducated they're not gonna be able to like understand things so using visual tools is the best thing you could do honestly so yeah Yeah, a lot of a lot of documenting things visually using pictures uh could be very helpful to people especially people who have a hard time getting places because mm. it's dangerous, you know, like being like reconnaissance, even yeah, like using photography for reconnaissance reasons yeah. could be very useful. Yeah. Interesting stuff, guys. Well, we're getting to the end of the show. This has been a really cool conversation because this is these kinds of things always go places where you don't always know where they're going to go until you kind of talk it all out. And it's neat <laughs> to have all our minds thinking about this because it really fleshes things out. I, I'm sure that th- the more I do this that this is kind of what it's like being in the design meetings for these games before they actually get into the actual development of the games. This is like the early meetings where they're thinking about like, here's the setting, here are some of the the characters, here are some of the factions, here's potentially what the storyline is going to be like. This is maybe where things go, you know? And, And so we're kind of doing what might be some of that early design work in a sense do you guys feel like maybe that's kind of what happens? No, I mean, yeah. I could see it being a thing because, like, it's just all the stuff that happens in the games. Like, you do need to brainstorm it, so you can't just be like one person like talking about it. You need to have a group discussion to be like, well, what if this happens? And like, you get three different answers. It's like, okay, what's the best one? Yeah. Or if people yeah. if people think of the same thing, it's like, okay, maybe that's like a good path to go down, or maybe it's not. Right, right. Because so. somebody else can say, well, what about this? Or somebody else, somebody else brings up, well, what would the what would the Brotherhood do in this situation? You're like, oh yeah, the Brotherhood. Or you know, like it's really cool because you get you get the collective brain thing going on, which is also fun. Three answers become different paths for the quest. 
exactly yes, exactly yeah three three mm-hmm. different ways to solve the thing because three different people came up with different variations that's it, it's so cool guys so thank you for joining me for this episode this has been a lot of fun um, I, I really enjoyed this yeah so um i hope you guys come back next month and uh do this again and anybody else who wants to join us next month remember that you can always sign up or if you are currently a tier four or higher patron you can always join us as well and um guys we're going to wrap this up by going back through and feel free to share ways that people can get a hold of you but also things that you're working on if there's anything else that you're doing that you want to share that people can kind of check out if you're creating content or something else that's going on and we'll go back through everybody um so lil is there anything going on or ways people can reach out um, I really don't have anything personally going on because of the holidays, but, um, you could reach out to me on discord. Just make sure if you want to reach out and talk to me, just ping me. I'll get to it. Eventually I check discord every so often throughout the day. But, um, if you want to see, you know, check out any of my photography, you can look me up on Instagram. That's the best way at a uh, little green underscore photography. Awesome. And you can see my work that I put out every so often. Yeah. And feel free to share that on the discord too. And the, the whole, oh, yes. Um, I forgot promote I your stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we've got a whole promote yourself section. So I, I'd love to see your art on there. Right. Anybody else who wants to do art too. We had somebody, uh, uh, one of our, one of the people who jumps in my uh, morning streams, draw my character from Skyrim. And they did a sketch of uh, her, her name's spider. She's sneaky stabby. And, uh, <laughs> um, Vio, uh, one of our, our friends in our community. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see your art. I love, I love whenever anybody makes stuff. So please share that on the discord. I want to yes. see your stuff. It, it, especially people who are talented at things that I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate that stuff. So please share it. Um, so th- thank you for joining us, Eric, how can people reach you? And is there anything going on? Um, mostly on, uh, check the discord occasionally because I'm almost always working, but I'm on there under Eric strange, uh, Aside from that, between holidays and work, all my side stuff is cornered for the moment. But trying to get back into artwork and writing and developing tabletop games. Very cool. Very, very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining again. And then, Kit, thank you for joining us. Is there anything going on? And how can people reach you? Well, I'm always on the Discord, always lurking or sometimes posting. You can, you know, contact me anytime you want. I have no life at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm just working on um, trying to get some uploads going on my own channel, uh, trying to provide more content for the uh, 76 community. That's not just uh, news and all that. Awesome. Awesome. What's your channel? Uh, same as <clears throat> same kick Calavera, uh, 09. Well, zero nine. I mean, so awesome. kit K A L A V E R zero nine. Awesome. Yeah, go check that out. And guys, thank you for joining me. Everybody, you know where to reach my stuff and all the different shows on the network. So all the robots radio shows, all the um, Rocket Club shows, we've got that that continues to grow. So if you're looking to start your own podcast and you want to uh, join the network, be associated with the network and be part of our mentor program, there's the Robots Radio Rocket Club. We meet every week. You can check all that stuff out at robotsradio.net. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast, but you're not ready to sign up for something like the Rocket Club, but you still want to learn a bunch of stuff, there's the the uh, video game podcasting book I put out. It's available at robotsradio.net slash book. I took all the knowledge that's in my head, everything that I've learned over 20 years of working on stuff, and put it into a book and it's all there for you so that you don't have to take 20 years to learn everything and make all the mistakes I made to get your podcast kicked off so that maybe you can turn that into a career as well. So you can go check that out. And I'm 
creating a bunch of videos on the Robots Radio YouTube channel, so you can always go there as well, or join me for the morning streams where I've been playing Skyrim and modding the crap out of it. Uh, everybody says that Skyrim doesn't work for mods with Anniversary Edition because it broke up a lot of stuff, but that's not completely true because I am modding it to look like a next-gen game with the mods that do work, and I'm going to have a new video up on that very soon, but I've been playing in the mornings and we've been having a blast. So um, come join us in the community, hanging out in the mornings on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. And other than that, that's uh, we'll see you next week for another Fallout Lorecast. And so stay safe in the wasteland, and until next time, Maybe be above board and just help the wasteland get better so that everybody can live happier. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we lived in a world where everybody just like, you know, work together so that maybe we could all have nice things and be happy. And man, that would be awesome. But anyway, we can, dream. We can, we can dream. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. See you later. Peace. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.